OTB Sports Rugby. Everyone in the world thinks Ireland should win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you pick the combined side, who'd get in from Wales? Jeez, not no one. I don't think. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. The football kickoff with Sky. Watch every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. All right, all right, all right. You're very welcome along to this week's episode of the football kickoff with Sky. As the lady said, all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Delighted to welcome David Connolly and Phil Egan to the show this week. Gentlemen, it has been officially the craziest transfer window of all time. It is slammed shut. And we await with bated breath, David, to see who the hell is going to play for Chelsea tonight. They've got 600 <laughs> different teams that they can put out. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure everyone's seen all the all the videos online of, you know, a thousand kids on a football pitch and that's Chelsea's squad and all this sort of stuff. You know, um, there's plenty of mileage, isn't there? I think you can get out of um, um, sort of giving giving Chelsea a bit of a uh, bit of stick. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, they've submitted their Champions League squad. We don't know what that is. Yeah, right, do we? But I mean there's gonna be some some big, big players that are not gonna be in it. Um and um, you know, probably for the first time in, in Graham Potter's career, he's got the luxury of having sort of thirty, forty players, four or five players for each position. I mean uh, I mean I don't know how he's gonna I don't know how he's gonna manage it, but it's gonna be a real test of his um managerial ability, that's for sure. Uh, I don't know what your um, interest in science fiction is, but it feels like we're living in some kind of weird alternative universe where the Matrix is broken and something is belched out. And it's like, what would happen if we put all the players on one team? How good would they be or how bad would they be? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, if you're an agent, it's a great time to be around, right? And (laughs) and have one of your players because you've got an owner there that is desperate to put his mark on the football club. And that is where agents and players can clean up. You know, I've been at a football club myself where... You know, a player had done a deal at one club, you know, more or less signed it, got a telephone call. The agent lied about how much he was offered. The next thing, you know, he goes somewhere else for nearly double the money. I mean, you know, if you're a player these days in the Premier League and you've got Chelsea sniffing around you, I mean, it's uh, it's something else. The, the issue will be, right, all the money they've spent, um, you know, have they, have they strengthened in areas that they should have done? They still probably don't have a central striker, right, which is certainly an issue for them. So we'll see. Yeah, and we're not quite sure about the quality of either of the two goalkeepers. Unless, you know, really quality coaching can turn Kepa into the keeper they thought they were getting, Phil? Yeah, I I think actually Mendy is the better keeper. Okay. But he's just actually going through a fairly rough patch at the moment. and I know he's been injured as well. Um, and Potter, Graham Potter brought his coaching staff with him. Ben Roberts, the, the former Middlesbrough goalkeeper, is uh, is part of that staff. So, you know, he, he, he'll get to work with these with these guys. In terms of they have so many good players but Graham Potter like, this was always the worry when he became Chelsea manager the pressure that is he's under now he has to manage egos as well which he wouldn't have had at Brighton because he would have had players at Brighton that would so, so, not the same egos <laughs> but he would have had players at Brighton that would run through a wall because they know that Brighton was a club that could lead to something else with them yeah definitely it's a very different people in a very different phase of their career I, I do remember so much was made of Potter David that uh, he has that masters in emotional intelligence and he's going to need every single bit of it right now to try and uh, keep the room to, to control the room to keep them believing yeah. that he's there for the long term oh. he does have a long term contract that's the one thing and Bowley has said we're calm about this so 
going to be yeah. very interesting to see if they're if they're true to their words. I mean, look, we, we've discussed on on here numerous times the amount of times I've been to the Amex. You know, I was there the other day for their game, and um, you know, hugely impressive under Roberto De Zerbi. Things they're doing, which are absolutely his. You know how they play with their two centre halves and their two centre mids. I haven't seen anything like that in a little while, to be honest. How they popped the ball short against Liverpool, worked it out wide. It was, it, it was, it was really good to see firsthand. So you had an idea of how they played. And he has brought on what Potter did. Now, if you look at what De Zerbi did with Trossard, he didn't mind making an enemy. Yeah, you know, he didn't mind making an enemy. Uh, you know, banishing him away from the uh, selling him. And, you know, they move on. And he said, you know, it didn't end well, but we wish him all the best. Now, you never saw that under Graham Potter. Graham Potter wanted to keep a, 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 a steady ship. Even when Aaron Connolly wasn't, you know, wasn't involved. He, he, he didn't make, you know, much. He just he tried to quietly sidle sort of Aaron to the side. And it was very, um, uh, I guess, uh, cleverly done that there was no real confrontation. But it seems like De Zerbi doesn't mind the confrontation. Now, nah, Chelsea... He's going to have a lot of confrontation. You've got all those players and there's going to be four or five players, not even in the Champions League squad that Fielder should have been, or Hakim Ziyech, who didn't, who didn't move on. He's going to have completely different conversations that, that he never had at Brighton. And I think it's going to be tough to, to, to be adept as it was at Brighton. You know, I think he's going to have a lot more confrontations at Chelsea, that's for sure. He's got to hope that a number of injuries force his hand in certain positions that, yeah. I mean, otherwise, like... Yeah, that's what well, I mean. Training sessions, he could say, right, no rules, go in full blooded, <laughs> let's injure each other, make this a bit easier for myself. But even like they're obviously going to have to offload players, and they couldn't even do that the other night. They couldn't get rid of Hakim Ziyech to PSG. So I, I mean, when you're reading it, right, the wrong documentation, they are denying all this, right? Yeah. But this this reminded me of the fax machine and David de Gea, but it's like. You're sending the wrong emails. Hey, I've got, I've got a story on the fax machine. I'll tell you this, right? When I, when I was in Holland and I was joining Final, I was in the offices of, of the club, right? And there was no one there. The next thing I hear it, you know, the sound of the fax machine. So I sort of have a little look over, you know, and coming through is, a, is an offer from an agent for a player that, you know, and they had all the terms written down on the fax machine. I was thinking, oh, wow, dear. here it is. And, you know, there's no one here to pick it up. But, you know, you, you laugh and joke, but, these things do go on. You know, there is no doubt. That Why was, was there nobody part. there? Yeah, exactly. Why not? Good job. You know, but I mean, they do go on, right? So that Ziyech one is a disaster because I'm sure Graham thinks, oh my God, that is another player now I've got yeah. to manage. Yeah. yeah. Well, sorry, when you saw the facts, were you like, hang on, I'm getting I'm getting not paid enough here. <laughs> no, no, I was, I was fine. I just found it quite incredible that there was, you know, look, I mean, you do have a little look, you 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 know, you're going to oh, yeah. see what's on the table. Um, but I just, I, I thought it was, yeah, it was funny. Uh, and did you then act as a third man intermediary here? Listen, I think <laughs> yeah, I can get exactly. you like twice what you're on at the moment. Yeah, exactly. If only. Yeah, so I went back in and Michael Kennedy just got another couple of noughts on it. Nice. I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, but it's, isn't it so bizarre that like uh, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of euros and pounds are changing hands and it's so unscientific? Well, I mean, look, if we're talking Chelsea here, right, it would be very scientific. I mean, you know, we've seen Sean Dyche talk this week about everyone's in the market for the same players. Well, I, you know, to be honest, they're not. Not everyone. Everyone knows the players, but not everyone can pay 80, 100 million quid like they did to get, you know, Fernandes over the line. I mean, there's not many. There's Well, there's probably only 
there's probably only two clubs that can operate in that market, right? Maybe maybe Chelsea and Man City. I don't, I don't know. Maybe not even Man City would be... Well, they probably would with Grealish, yeah? So there's probably two clubs in the whole, the whole of the world that can pay that sort of money. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it does make it a skewed market for those two. Um, you know, what you would say is then you bring those two in, you bring, this, bring the others in, no one goes out. Difficult job. I mean, people say, how can it be a difficult job? But... It would be with all those players. Well, you know, it certainly would. Every every newspaper website in uh, in England has been going through uh, potential teams, and it's impossible to know what formation they're going to use. But you're, you're putting completely different players in the side, and the side is good. The side is good, but not great. Mm. There's a four three three that has Fernandez, Kovacic, and Mount in midfield with. Modric, Havertz and Madawiki on the right wing but I presume Jao Felix will, will have to play in that side if, if he's not suspended um, yeah Jao Felix did sign for them then you've got Felix, Modric and Havertz up front in a 3-4-3 with Chilwell, Fernandez, Kovacic and James Reese James obviously back uh, a big 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 boost for them because their win record with him in the team versus their record without him is absolutely phenomenal and then they've got Badia Shield, Silva and Fafana they still have Silva who I think has turned 38 in the meantime yeah. But he's still playing really well. He just his reading of the game is incredible. And even when a player on the other team who you know has unbelievable pace stands him up and you think this is gonna he just knows how to position himself that he's not gonna get beaten. And he he's notorious for clearing balls off the line as well because his, he just senses danger. So He's. I would imagine he's going to get another deal. There's a four-two-three-one as well, where Mount is the ten behind Havertz, and you're like, is, is Mason Mount good enough to get in this team at number ten? He might be. Every I mean, manager picks him. Yeah, I mean, do you not think though? It's so it's such a disjointed thinking. If you go back to some of the players they did have, right? Madueke, okay, he's a really good talent, but Callum Hudson-Odoi arguably was the best talent in England that they'd seen for years, and you know, he shipped out to Germany or whatever. And, you know, Tamori, you know, could have been a centre-half forward and might have saved them 30, 40 million quid they spent on uh, Badassele or whatever. And, you know, you know Abraham, you, you could, you know, the, 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 uh, that's what you get at these sometimes at, 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 you know, at Chelsea, I guess. It's probably an anomaly, right? That yeah. it operates in that way. Because all the players they could have retained and tried to, make players of or or you know think well they will come good eventually they just seem to run out of patience and then blow the budget and it's just like a yeah it's just ever decreasing circle for them I don't know they still own Romelu Lukaku as well yeah yeah it's insane yeah Yeah, there's your number nine like it's absolutely insane it just doesn't make any sense you know gonna sign in Kunku yeah, he's he's arriving in the summer right so they've spent the money or certainly he's part of that okay so um, they're playing Fulham tonight Uh, Fulham is no gimme now Fulham beat them a few weeks ago. Now, they've since lost a couple of games, Fulham, but they've only lost by the odd goal. And when you watch Fulham play, I think like the game they lost against Spurs, that was a really good goal from Harry Kane. Then the unfortunate one with Mitrovic, double hits his penalty, and then they concede to Isak at Newcastle. There's certain games, even when United won at Craven Cottage before the World Cup, it was a last-minute or an injury-time winner from Garnacho. Like To beat Fulham, you have to play well. That's where Fulham are at now. Their levels are so good this season that you don't just turn up and beat Fulham. You actually have to play well. So this, you know, it, it's not it's not a gimme, whereas a couple of years ago, Chelsea-Fulham would have been a gimme. Fulham are going for the double. Never done it. Never? Chelsea. Wow, okay. Well, no better time to do it than when um, the Harlem Globetrotters stroll into town and aren't used to people taking them seriously and trying to beat them. Uh, do, you, do you see anything other than a Chelsea win tonight, David? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, I could see, I could see Fulham. Um, I mean, ironically, Willian scored in in the last game, you know, um, and they've they've certainly got, you know, they've got really good. Play- Look, they were unlucky against Newcastle. I worked on that game. I thought they were excellent um, in a you know, really late goal, but I thought they dug in. Um, they they did again did really well against a good team. So, I mean, yeah, they they, they can more than uh, go to go to Chelsea and be really solid, hard to beat. That you know that that they're. they're you know, they're a really good team. Yeah, and I and I could I could see them getting something for sure. This is one of those games casual football fans could have gone, that's going to be 2-0 or 3-1. I don't need to watch this. But now it's like, who are they going to pick? Yeah. Who, who's that guy? Modric. Do you remember him? Modric could start. Like, and, you know, the little cameo had on, at Anfield. He looked electric. Yeah, he, he does have now, that. Did you ever think about maybe, like, trying to find one of your teammates with the ball? That, that, maybe that was just the first day out. He didn't know their names. He was like, are, can you, are you allowed to shoot? I'm not sure. Well, he was probably looking at them for the 60-odd minutes thinking, I'm going to have to do this myself. <laughs> Let's move on. Everton Arsenal. Sorry, that game tonight is obviously 8 o'clock on Sky Sports. Everton Arsenal is half past 12 on BT Sport tomorrow. Then Newcastle West Ham is in the evening at half past 5 on Sky Sports. On Sunday, the two games are Forest against Leeds at 2 o'clock on Sky Sports. And the half past 4 kickoff on Sunday is Spurs versus City. Nice handy one. Um, I was just saying before we came on air, David, that I'd, I'd read a great piece about Sean Dyche and all the changes he's made this week and the things that he said to them and it's all the right stuff. And, you know, he's talking about um, shin pads and food and uh, 360 reviews. And then the last line was, and they play Arsenal on Saturday. Like, oh, stinger. Yeah. Stinger. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you saw them, the, uh, you know, the image of them doing the bleep test, you know, the dreaded bleep test, which is, um, I guess... Who would expect anything less? You know, new manager goes in. The first thing he does is say, you're not fit enough, you know, and then runs the legs off you. So um, I, I thought that was, uh, you know, pretty telling. Um, no no kind of real surprise. Look, did they make the signings? No. Are they weaker after the, 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 the window? Although Anthony Gordon, it looked like his time there was not going to be a success. That losing him means the one player short. Uh Difficult game. I mean, it's. I think it's all right having you know running around and 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 all that, but they're up against Arsenal, who also run around. I mean, you know, they are such a good team when you see them live. I mean, they work really, really hard. Um, so they'll be they'll, they've got even more cover now with Jorginho coming in. So difficult game. I think Arsenal quietly had maybe the best window. Like the chaos of Chelsea. Maybe they've signed five world class players who all go on to have incredible careers and win Champions Leagues and leagues with Chelsea and that, that's possible that's definitely in the field of outcomes but with Arsenal I felt like okay opportunistically we're going to sign two really good players who are going to play uh, maybe Jorginho doesn't play first team every week but he's certainly going to play a lot of minutes yeah yeah. and if he does he suits the way they play and it's a real sliding doors moment because Mikel Arteta obviously played for Everton there was talk that he was going to be the Everton manager they went for Carlo Ancelotti who did a pretty good job at Everton then obviously left to join Real Madrid. I mean, he couldn't turn it down. And Arsenal went with Arteta. But Arteta has been given time at Arsenal and look how well it has worked out. Even today they've announced Martinelli has signed his new deal. Saka, Saliba, they're close to signing new deals. All the noise is gone now about trying, like other clubs trying to buy their best players because Arsenal are the team on the up. But he certainly wouldn't have got the time at Everton. And also just the way Everton are at the moment it's very hard for any manager I think to to, to work on those, those conditions yeah. now, they didn't sign any players but they've signed a better manager so I think they 
you know, Everton fans might be disappointed they didn't get players in, but I think getting Sean Dyche in instead of Frank Lampard makes them a, a better team. Yeah, I would agree with that, David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I look, I, I like Sean Dyche. I, I, I know uh, some of his staff, um, Ian Wone and people. Um, uh, you know, Tony Tony uh, Tony Lachlan, who he's worked with a long time. I don't know if Tony's gone in with him, but he was at, he was at Sunderland with Roy Keane. So you know, he's got his tried and, and trusted sort of um, staff in and around him, and. Look, he's a proven uh, Premier League manager. Um, so, uh, you know, but nonetheless, I think I think up against Arsenal side, who um, I, like you know, as we we're just saying, you know, top team. Uh, Trossard's come in. Uh, Jorginho's uh, come in. They're they're even stronger. They're fit as a butcher's dog, you know, and they're technically, uh, you know, incredible. Um, so, I can only see an Arsenal win there. And, and look, uh, Everton have struggled. What they had, someone like six defeats at home out of ten. I mean, so I can't see it changing, to be honest. There, there is a world in which you can just put 11 men behind the ball and have a nil all and the atmosphere, there's going to be a sit-in protest after the game. Yeah. But the atmosphere is on his side. I, I feel like they're so crying out for anybody with leadership that if he makes some of the right noises there's a little window here for Dyche to turn this around and then hopefully he gets the job whenever the club gets sold he keeps the job whenever the club gets yeah, sold yeah and the, the, the strange thing before I get on to Everton about the Arsenal starting 11 tomorrow I'd say at least 7 of that starting 11 will have played in that fixture last season when they got turned over by Everton Rafa Benitez is Everton and you know there was that sense that Arsenal were still a little bit frail where you could get at them but those questions have been answered this season. They're you know they're tough, and that's why it's very hard to make a case for Everton to to win this game. But I suppose they they just need to feel their way into it. They can't concede an early goal, or else it just takes the pain out of the atmosphere. I think you're hoping for uh, it's coming off someone's backside and just squeaking the wrong side of the post and a nil all. That's their only hope of getting a point out of this game, right? They're, yeah. they're not going to score, and I don't, uh, well, you, know, you can't not imagine concede them. and win. No. You can't imagine them. Well, they won two one last season. You can't see that happening. Um, you know, if are they going to produce some flowing football no. to create <laughs> space against this Arsenal team who don't give you space and they just pen you in the way you have Ben White and Zinchenko basically just making sure that opposition teams can't get out. Now Everton won't mind going direct down the channels and try and get themselves up the pitch. But then even when they do get up the pitch. Have they got enough quality to cause Arsenal problems? Maybe a set piece. That's kind of where you're looking at. But one thing you'll get is you should get 11 players out there that will give 100%. Yeah. Uh, David, here's a, a, a slight tangent philosophical question. The signings that Arsenal have made um, have been experienced Premier League players from uh, teams who should consider themselves rivals but maybe they didn't consider Arsenal rivals uh, enough or didn't think about it enough but that's going to happen more as, as we see the the other leagues around Europe you know the uh, Javier Tebas came out and said it was uh, it was doping what was going on in the Premier League with the, with the money the equivalence of it the, the big clubs are going to have to sell to each other because there's nobody else able to buy those players when Chelsea are looking mm. to offload those players there's like PSG maybe who obviously tried to get ZH but there aren't that many other clubs around the world who will pay those wages yeah so yeah that's right like there's actually a window of opportunity for those teams between third and eighth or ninth to be really really clever Oakland Raiders style and buy some value and actually compete 
It's not going to happen well, for very, very long, but there's just a tiny window there where you're going to get world-class players at a knockdown price you can't get in teams. Well, if you get, I guess the, the only parallel, well, one of the parallels I could think of, because uh, I left off when we are talking about clubs you could afford, you know, I left off PSG earlier, but then Man City, Chelsea. But if you go back to this, probably Serie A, Serie A would have been the, the league where they bought off one another more so than any other league I could think of. If you go back down the years, the amount of signings players would go from, I don't know, AC to Inter or Juve to whatever, you know, um, the, the, the list is endless. It, it, you know, because they didn't really look outside their country that much, really, for a lot of those players when they came over and did well. They'd buy from their competitors. So, yeah, I could probably see that. I, I could I could see that happening, you know. Um, and then if they do, I'm sure they've got to change this loan system where a Premier League player's on loan or whatever, goes to another team, he can't play against that team. You know, they've got to scrap that. Um, but obviously, you know, the, the, the other leagues at the minute can't compete with... Um, with the Premier League, yeah, as, as Tobias is saying. And he's doing everything right. They played the game over in Saudi Arabia, didn't they? The, um, the Real Madrid-Barcelona game. You know, they are very wary. They didn't need this window to tell them. They've been planning this, you know, the, uh, certainly in Spain, about how to catch up and get some more money into their leagues because, you know, they just can't keep up with, uh, with England. No. And it's, it's obviously not slowing up, is it? Because anyone who, want, who has money... You've got a spare couple of billion quid and you're lying around. You're probably going to try and buy a Premier League club. Well, here's the know? thing. We haven't even seen the two biggest clubs who are available for purchase sell just yet. Yeah, And the people right. who come in and buy yeah. those aren't yeah. going to be looking at Todd Bowley going, oh, you're going to yeah. outdo me here. Yeah, let's quickly, let's try and get our, our agency licenses, you know, because there's plenty of deals. That I think there's a good idea. I think that's the best idea you've had. Yeah. <laughs> got to get some fax machines going here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right <laughs> half five kickoff Newcastle against West Ham Newcastle are cruising at the moment but they just need to keep this up now for a few weeks this is a tricky period where it's easy for them to get carried away about being in the cup final but if they can just keep routinely winning these fixtures 1-0 or 2-0 or 3-1 happy days yeah they're just so hard to beat actually I thought they were really poor against Southampton the other night but they could afford to be because they had the cushion they had the two early goals Shea Adams then scores a great goal and you're thinking if Southampton can get the next goal who knows and Adam Armstrong had a great chance but once again Nick Pope came up with the save they're not scoring enough goals Callum Wilson hasn't come back from the World Cup in good form Isak is obviously just coming back in he actually went off the other night um, Bruno Gimaraes is suspended for this game so West Ham will Does make it tough for them Anthony Gordon get in the team? Possibly, like the, it depends what they want to do in in midfield. The thing when you watch them, Joe Linton and Joe Willock both play on the left hand side, and they seem to interchange. One goes into the front three, one goes in, drops into the midfield three, and they do it throughout games, and it seems to cause a bit of confusion for opposition defenders. But Gimaraj is going to be a big miss for them, and. They've got a few, like they've a few tough games coming up. Their strength and depth obviously hasn't been established over a number of seasons just yet. So they're. Oh, they're let John Joe Shelby go. He got his. He actually got his um, standing ovation at half time in that game, whereas right. Anthony Gordon was brought on before the game. But John Joe Shelby got a really nice reception off the Newcastle fans because they remember that he's he was there when they they went down and they came back up and he was key to that. But yeah, yeah they they could do what maybe of having someone like John Joe Shelby to deal with the the loss of Bruno Gimaraes for the next few games but I still I, it's a game that I don't see them losing 
but I don't know if they'll win it. Yeah, they've had a few of these nil alls over the over the course of the season, mm. and look, that's just the stage of evolution they're at, where you can't chalk them down for an automatic win for a game like this. And West Ham fighting for their lives and fighting for the manager's job. It's a little bit of upswing recently. Some of their better players starting to score goals, which is what they need. David, what do you make of the whole Anthony Gordon thing? Is he is he a first teamer at Newcastle? at this stage or is he somebody who's got to come on and influence the last 15-20 minutes of games well I mean he's kind of like um, you know similar to Sam Maximan who's who's had to bide his time um, and come off the bench for an impact so I imagine Gordon will be uh, will be the same ironically you know they also signed Harrison Harrison and Ashby at Newcastle from West Ham and I played with his dad Barry at, at Watford and it will hurt West Ham because, you know, they're meant to be the sort of academy of football where you bring all these top talents through and, and suddenly, you know, because you're not playing them, you lose them. So they've lost a few down the years, West Ham, and, and Ashby looks like he's going to be, look, he's got Kieran Trippi in front of him, but, um, you know, uh, the irony is obviously they, they're coming up against West Ham and they took just took one of their players. Look, I think Eddie's done a great job there. They're built on that back four in the defence. Um they flood the flanks. They try and get loads of balls in the box. I mean, that, that back three for West Ham is going to be peppered tomorrow. Uh, make no mistake. And, uh, you know, they've, they've signed some really good players. And I, and I think the loss of probably, you know, Shelby, I think, will, is negated a little bit because, uh, you know, Bruno will be back in a game or two, whatever it is, a couple of games. Um, I agree. Wilson could need a goal. But, you know, they've got Isaac coming on. They're, they're in a really good place at the minute. And, um you know, it's it's going to be a difficult game for West Ham. All right. Forest against Leeds is uh, next on our list here. Um, Forest, another one of those um, who have basically done what Chelsea did, except in a couple of windows. They're signing players even after the window's closed. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how many players Forest are signing. But this is a massive game because they've got their form together and their home form has been key. I, I, I never fancied them to beat Manchester United in the League Cup. And that was purely down to something that David touched on earlier, the lone player. Dean Henderson who's injured now but at the time of the draw was made I knew he couldn't play and there's such a drop off with Forrest when Wayne Hennessy plays and Dean Henderson plays obviously Keiler Navas has been brought in now Keiler Navas I know that's, but that just illustrates where the Premier League is at now yeah. where Forrest are signing these players Keiler Navas I mean he's pretty good He's he's got a few medals in his, in his pocket and uh, massive game in terms of Leeds obviously have got a few decent cup wins. They drew nil all with Brentford in their last league game, but I just feel that they're one. They're always one defeat away from get rid of Jesse Marsh. Even though I think they've done okay in the transfer window, they've brought in some good players. I thought like signing McKenney is a good. That was a good idea. They've invested, and um, you know it looks like there's a long term plan there, and they'll have billionaire owners from America. It looks like as well. So, what do you think, David? Um. Well. I mean, I had to. I had to. I was asked this week who might go down, you know, and and I mentioned Leeds. Well, it's, it's not. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. They might go down. Obviously, they could. They could because they're one of those teams. But I don't know. Rodrigo's out now um, for a couple of months. I think that is a, a big blow. Obviously, McKenny coming in is it softens that a little bit. But um, I think that, that. Well, you know, I think they're going to be in a relegation battle. You know, make no mistake. I think they are. Look, great that Bamford's back. I thought he was excellent in the cup. Um, they scored some great goals. They had this issue about Harrison possibly leaving. You know, if that was a way to get a new contract, bloody hell, did he, you know, he sort of, he went to the ends of the earth to get it if he did. Um, so 
anyway, it seems like it might have worked out in his favour. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, look, saying that, I think I fancy them away from home against Forest. I would, but I think they've got some really. I think they've got a tough few months ahead without Rodrigo. That's for sure. The relegation battle is really, really interesting because they've mm. all invested so much money, and a tiny run of form catapults you from bottom of the table to twelfth. Yeah, which is what Forest have done. They've this two wins, two draws in the last four league games, and they've gone up a few a few places. They're in thirteenth at the moment. Yeah, and they're they're ahead of Leeds. Then you're only six points clear. Southampton are bottom. Yeah, and Southampton have brought in players, and at times the other night you could see like they're quite a young team, Southampton. But so if they can get a bit of confidence together, they could go on a run. Bournemouth signing players as well, where again it shows what the Premier League or where it is now that Bournemouth are able to bring in certain types of players and yeah I, I, I definitely think that Leeds will be looking over their shoulders for the next few months they've got two games against United coming up as well just the the way it's worked out like two games in the space of a week yeah at this time of the season not when you want them David what was your answer to that question about who's going down um, I think I think if I had to which I, I'm terrible at this stuff so don't you know but I'd I can't see Southampton getting out of it and I can't see Bournemouth getting out of it and I think Leeds will be sucked in but I'll probably be completely wrong Um, you know so yeah I know Southampton signed a lot of players I think that look that Nathan's got a big job on his hands because he hasn't managed at this level it's unforgiving level the the quality in the top part of the pitch Um, if anything happened to Shea Adams I think they'd be absolutely in trouble Mm -hmm. um, because they can't score um, you know, I, I think Sean Dyche will get Everton out of it. So I think I think it might. I think I just got a feeling that if Leeds don't, you know, without Rodrigo, I think it's going to be difficult. There is a world in which uh, it's Everton, West Ham, and Leicester, and you're like, what? I mean, three teams who were all thinking, oh, we're going to qualify for the Europa League. We can be the team that makes the cracks the Champions League. And it's like, no, sorry, uh, Championship. Here you come, folks. Uh, we have one last fixture to talk about. Uh, maybe the best to last. It's Spurs versus Manchester City. What do you expect from this? Well, Conte's not going to be there. So, I don't know, David, you might have better insight on this. You've seen the influence Conte has on the sideline. He's very much a manager that likes to almost control the game from the sideline. He's not going to be there. With Manchester City, we keep expecting them to go on this run. Now, they obviously knocked Arsenal out of the FA Cup, but funnily enough, actually watching that game, I felt more confident about Arsenal winning the league after watching that game, even though they lost because they didn't go full 11 City went closer to full 11 and Arsenal at times looked like they just had too much energy for City but I just can't commit to writing City off at City so I'm expecting them to turn up on Sunday beat Spurs they've got Arsenal then in a couple of weeks and then the games are going to be coming thick and fast and that's when their experience will kick in well they had that great game they had that great game against them didn't they not you know, just a few weeks back where... The 4-2. Spurs, yeah, where Spurs were, were absolutely flying, yeah. weren't they? And then, and then Pep, I think immediately after, said he, he basically ripped into them. And then second half, they were just incredible. So, um, you know, but look, Dan Juma coming in is a good signing for them. I think a really good signing. He did brilliantly over at Villarreal. Um, Son grabbed a couple against Preston as well. So, I mean, if you've got Harry Kane, whenever he touched on Tottenham, uh, you almost just... You almost... Uh, if you don't touch on Harry Kane, like he's got, I mean, his goal against Fulham, I mean, was just absolutely exceptional. 
you know, the way he knows himself around that box, you know, look, whether he feels, ah, oh, if I'd have gone to Man City like Haaland for 100 million or, you know, you know, when that move nearly came off, it didn't come off, you know, what, what sort of silverware would I have? But, I mean, if you've got him, you have absolutely, you know, got a chance. Um, but I, I, I think Haaland's going to have the better of him. And I'm sure he looks on enviously thinking, if I was in that side, you know, um, you know, maybe what, what, what would have been. But, uh, I mean, his goal against Fulham was absolutely brilliant. 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 Does the Cancelo thing give you any pause for anything? Is it, is it, is it just that happens in football, particularly yeah. at that level? Yeah. Or is there any yeah. concern that, like, so Zinchenko's gone, Cancelo's gone, two of the lads who you knew could come in and do that role and be a midfielder, even though well, they're a fullback? Well, let's hope, you know, because sometimes, I've got to be honest, right, it annoys me when I see pundits fawn over Guardiola. Because they do. Everything he does, they think is the right thing. You know, the team he selects, I forget the game he, he played where Grealish started as sub. And before the game, they're all going, oh, what a great decision. You know, fawning over everything, Guardiola. He can't do any wrong. And you think, well, there's no analysis here of actually Guardiola. I mean, you know, he does fall out of his players with players an awful lot. And I love it that Zinchenko has gone, you know what? Oh, great. I'll go. And now he's doing brilliantly at Arsenal. I hope Cancelo does as well. I think he assisted the other night, didn't he? He put a great ball to the back post. Um, so I, I'm not saying he's going to come unstuck here, but you know there is more to 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 a football career than than, than just hanging around with necessarily Guardiola's opinion. So um, I hope Cancelo goes on and does and does really well. But they had a falling out. Guardiola had, seems to have that with a lot of his players. We saw that with Aguero. You know, where, whereas even Aguero's dad was saying, you know, it was crocodile tears from from Guardiola. So. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'm all for players, you know, going off and, and going to prove him wrong and, and doing well. And certainly Zinchenko's done that. You might need Cancelo over the course of the rest of the season. No, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just he can play left, left or right. I think. Are you talking about the Chelsea game, David, where he got it so wrong in the first half, and apparently that's where the falling out with Cancelo kind of really he whipped him off because he got the wrong formation. But he, he played Cancelo as a right winger that day, and. Chelsea had the better of the first half and then he obviously brings on Grealish and Mares in the, the second half and they combine. Was it the United game? I think it was it the United game. I think it was the United game where it was nil nil at half time and then Grealish came on for Phil Foden. Oh and that's that, the one I'm that's yeah. the one I'm thinking of. Okay, yeah, uh, and then obviously Grealish Grealish scores, yeah. Grealish scored, yeah. yeah. Uh, interesting times. Let's wait and see exactly what happens. are you both predicting a Man City win, notwithstanding everything we've said? Yeah, like, yeah. I wouldn't ah, say I, I both wouldn't, on the fence a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah. Like, like it could be a draw, and then like Arsenal could be sitting pretty. Uh, you would imagine they'll build on their lead, so the pressure is on City. Then half four on Sunday. It's getting interesting. It's definitely getting interesting. Yeah. Uh, my thanks to David Connolly and to Phil Egan for joining us on this week's episode of the Football Kickoff with Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, turn on notifications, and then when we go live every Friday at half past eleven, you can sit there at work sneakily watching us. It's what everybody wants. See you next week. The Football Kickoff with Sky. Watch every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports.